0: Welcome back once again to another episode of the Players Club Podcast. Episode 52 coming at you with some new news from Bethesda and Microsoft. The merger is finally, finally, finally official. It is done. They are now one. And now we're going to go speculate on the future now that this merger has finally come to pass. Uh, but we'll talk about that later in the episode. Before that, let's introduce the person that I'm going to be talking about that with. Uh, Alan Mira. What's up, man?
1: Okay. This is gonna, I'm going to throw out a very old... Very old name
0: oh okay, ready for this one
1: okay uh do you remember do you remember Shane Kim
0: Shane Kim that name sounds familiar. were they on a podcast or something
1: no they they had okay, so during the xbox Bethesda roundtable uh-huh they brought out they they had did they they brought out map Matt, Matt booty mm-hmm and I saw a random flashback to like listening to Third lights
0: oh yeah, the xbox podcast.
1: And how like they Xbox back in 2007, 2008 didn't have them that didn't have a lot of the big names.
0: hmm. Yeah, I remember that.
1: And I forgot who it was on the podcast. But one of them, one of the episodes was just like, I really miss Shane Kim. Oh he, boy. He was, he was part of Microsoft, like, a, like a, the Xbox team for like the mm-hmm. first seven or eight years.
0: Actually, he might be on LinkedIn. I might be looking at him right now. Hold the phone. Uh, yeah, he was at Microsoft for 19 years. Then he left to go do a bunch of other stuff. Ended up at GameStop for eight years for some reason. And oh, no. yeah. Well, that was that was a couple years ago. I think he stopped being at GameStop in what, June? June of 2019. So he hopped off before things were really getting crazy. So uh, yeah. Interesting. He's doing some stuff at in Novega, which is a, I don't know, optics company, augmented virtual reality systems. I don't know. He's doing stuff though. So good for him.
1: Yeah, good on him.
0: Yeah, shout out to him. I, oh, I have to. I'm
1: yeah. Just, I'm just gonna start doing this and from now on. Emmett, have you turned your phone on vibrate or just turned the the ringer off completely?
0: You know, it's funny. Did you did you hear my phone go off just now? No okay because i because my headphones also have bluetooth in them so i heard a notification come off so i was like was that in the headphones or outside and when you said that i was like fuck it might be outside um my phone's on the other side of the room so i'm gonna do that really quick now
2: <laughs> oh,
0: that's a good idea though let's say that every episode all right okay it's muted now it's muted all right my phone's on mute now <laughs> i i just especially The phone that I've been using, because I don't know, I haven't said it on a podcast or anything, but the phone that I usually use, which is like a, what, S10 from like two years ago, um, it worked perfectly fine. It was great. It died on me and just refused to turn on. So I've been using an S7 Edge from like 2016, and it is a pain to even like, like if, if I got a phone call right now, it will take half of the duration of that ringing time for it to even appear on screen for me to swipe to answer it. Like it's so slow. So I'm really nervous about like, God, if 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 I got a call and I had to mute it, that whole call would go through before I could even mute the phone. So like it would just be a whole thing. So thank you for saying that top of the show. Hopefully that doesn't become a regular thing where I always forget. Um, but yeah, that's a good way to start it. I like that. Um, and with that, uh, I guess that's a good way to uh, kind of cycle us into the segment. We always start the show with, which is the what you playing segment. Um, We've been playing a couple things here. I've been actually, it looks like both of us have been playing a lot of old things. So uh w- and one of these is really appropriate. So I'm going to kind of tie that into uh the next segment. So because of that, how does alternate? Uh, 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 uh. Let's go ahead and have you go first. So do you want to talk about one of your games that you've been playing the last week?
1: Yeah, what, the game I've been playing for the past. I played. Uh, I don't know why I, I t- started playing it again, but I just started. I pl- turned it on a few hours ago, like a few hmm. hours before the. It was like I was actually playing it while waiting to see, waiting for the countdown to happen for the uh, Bethesda roundtable.
0: <laughs> Fair and enough. That
1: game is Jedi Fallen Order.
0: Oh, okay, that's the one. What what got you wanting to come back to that one suddenly?
1: So I I, I because of the only Star Wars game that's on the horizon right now is the Zynga one.
0: <laughs> yeah, good point.
1: I don't want to even go near that.
0: Well, I mean, you also have the 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 super massive one, or I think just massive. Supermassive is a different company. The one from the uh, Ubisoft devs who make Division.
1: Yeah, but it's gonna be a while before we hear it. we hear and or see anything from that.
0: Yeah, you might not get a a pre rendered trailer until years from now. <laughs> but yeah. But in the meantime, so you just didn't want to like touch that Zynga game. It just has bad news written all over it.
1: The last Zynga game I touched was Farmville, hmm. and yes, I was one of those people.
0: <laughs> I respect that. So yeah, t- so is that the reason you were coming back to it just because you wanted to get some Star Wars nostalgia real quick?
1: That and there's a cer- there's a certain sequence in the game where Cal uh Castus goes to Illum. where all all uh had, like younglings go to get their Kyber crystals.
0: Hmm. Okay, I remember that sequence.
1: And he he finally gets his Kyber crystal, but it breaks it's into two, in a, into in two pieces.
0: <laughs> I do remember that part. I thought it was kind of like a. I remember when that happened. And I was like, "Well, the game's over. <laughs> Roll credits."
1: <laughs> and then there's a line I I can't like, recite it word like a hundred percent, but it's like failure is not the end, and it was. It's BD, BD1. Mm. uh,
2: Oh.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. And broadcasting its old masters. You know, the 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 character, Eno Cordova, who...
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Showing his hologram or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I play the game. I I was playing the game for about a little over an hour. Mm -hmm. And God, that is the best. That's the greatest Star Wars game of the EA or of the EA
0: like, deal that they had for Last Generation?
1: I was actually going to say just the EA thing.
0: Oh, really? Like, in general, of all of EA Star Wars games?
1: Yeah, because the other game I'm going to talk about technically happened before. Um, well, true. Let me see. hmm Like, they, they canceled more game. They canceled more Star Wars games that had great potential than actually made good Star Wars games.
0: Yeah. I'm still mad about the Amy Henning project. That would have been... That would have been a widely loved game, and it would have been just the same type of single player linear type game that Fall in order ended up being, and it would have been great and now this one is the one that sells everything, but you won't let Amy Henning go make her thing. It's like, god damn it come on i i I know she I feel like she's just burned out on fucking uh video games now at this point because didn't she like start up in her own studio or something and now she's just doing that because she's tired of big publishers i bet yeah like I f- yeah i feel like her I feel like her and jade raymond we've kind of just failed as an industry specifically because like jade raymond was like bouncing back and forth to a bunch of different places and just hopped out of ea then hopped out of stadia and it's like god damn it we We need to give these people a place to go to where they can just work without, you know, bullshit getting in the way. But yeah, I feel you. Sorry, that was a sneeze. Uh, Yeah, I feel you on that. Oh boy, oh boy. I'm just, I'm seeing more news come out from this. Well, not more news, but I'm seeing stuff come out from this Bethesda event that we're talking about. And oh boy, yeah, there's gonna be some decent things to talk about. But yeah, um, Jedi Fallen Order is one of those games where. I understand that everyone likes it. But for me, it just felt like a it very much felt like a version 1.0 of what I'm sure future games will be, because to, to me personally, it felt very just like gameplay wise and like structurally, it felt kind of basic where I don't know exactly what I was expecting. I don't know if it's like a lack of polish because the game is very pretty and, you know, it's running on a really nice engine and all this stuff so i don't know exactly what i'm like faulting it on but whenever i think of that game i'm like man that sequel is going to be the actual good one because this first one just felt like mid-tier in my head maybe yes just because you know the star wars nostalgia despite the fact i've seen all the movies the star wars nostalgia isn't as heavy with me as it is for I, i guess you and many other people so i don't know if that's it or if i'm just still salty that they're not making Titanfall 3 and they're making Star Wars games and Apex. Like, I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the next game will be from them. Um, the next sequel to Fallen Order, whatever that is, because I think there is where they can capitalize on a lot of these ideas and squeeze out some of those bugs and not fun features of the first one.
1: Where the Wookiees.
0: Oh yeah, the Wookiees looked really weird. They look like some PS3 generation Wookiees.
1: Well, there are there are some, like, uh, I was I stopped playing around like after I went back to Dathomir mm-hmm. and just the and I, I'm playing on PC, so it, it, it probably explains why the, it looked that what I'm about to say happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Of course. I, I'm seeing things pop up from Craig. This is why I got the backup. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep it moving since, you know, we still have a recording in the background. But anyway, as you were saying, make sure this is going. Oh, wait. OK. Maybe Craig isn't recording in the background. Let me see our backup recording because we have uh, Billy Jean still in here. Uh, all right, Billy Jean's still going. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Billy Jean's still going, so we can keep going. <laughs> Cancel that. As you were saying,
1: so I was in the middle of a boss fight on Deathmare, mm-hmm. and the cut, like the cutscene was playing, and it looked, looks all great. And then it goes; it it just transitions from that from the cutscene to in game. Oh man.
0: Yeah, they did always have really smooth cutscene to game transitions in there, kind of like Uncharted, where you're like, Oh, am I supposed to play now? Like, it's a good looking title.
1: Oh, no. I mean, uh, the character like they I think it was just I think it was just the that like this, the area I was at like, the area area I was in. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there was a fight with Terra and Malikos.
2: Mm, okay.
1: And it looks all great. And then transitions back into combat and oh batman it's it not look good.
0: Oh okay so it's the opposite effect <laughs> that you're yeah. referring to. Ah uh, boy. I feel like it, correct me if I'm wrong some of those cutscenes were pre-rendered, right? Cuz I kind of feel like you could um, tell like the graphics yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah, if that's the case then yeah, some of those transitions are going to be a little bit rough. I do remember the game having some some pretty animations and stuff, but like I don't know if that was actually a transfer from gameplay or not or if it was just like a because, like, we talked about the Wookie stuff. And, like I said, a lot of this game feels like version 1.0. So, if people like this one so much, man, only imagine what they're going to do with a second one, which, hey, you, you got to imagine. When did that game come out? That was 2019, right? Yeah. I feel like I don't think we'll hear anything about a sequel this year, but I feel like it wouldn't be unreasonable if we got like a tease this year, you know, maybe during the summertime, during like all this Game Fest type stuff. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens because I know E3 isn't a thing, and everyone's doing their own press conferences now. But I'd love to see something like that. I know Response Capable, and they got a big ass team right now. So, hey, we'll see what happens with it. So, yeah. Any any other uh, little anecdotes to share about uh, Fallen Order?
1: Yeah. So after the Malakos fight, and after you're done with Dathmir, uh the Night Sister Marin joins your cavalcade of characters. And it, feel, it's, it feels like there was something, there's some stuff left out.
0: Hmm. Like some things left on a cutting room floor type things?
1: It, it, had, it has to be because she, hmm. she joins your party, or she joins the, the, the team, and her, she only has a couple contributions to, this, to the uh, plot or to the mm. game. And yeah, she, fair enough. She, she masks uh, the ships, or she sort of cloaks the ship when they're, at, when they're going to the end area.
0: Mm, yes. Okay.
1: And then she's responsible for making sure that the main characters don't die.
0: <laughs> yeah, of, that's true as well.
1: Of just drowning.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah, she does swoop in for that one. I don't know. I feel like that's another thing where I feel like they set her up to do a lot of stuff in the sequel. But in this game alone, it kind of feels like it kind of feels like in the original. I'm I'm gonna make a reference here, but I'm not gonna transition quite yet. In the original Ratchet and Clank, there are some gadgets in the game that were supposed to be used in multiple locations and multiple planets. But because that game was made in, like, 13 months, th- th- there's, like, one gadget that was supposed to open a bunch of doors. It only opens one door on one planet. So it kind of feels like that, where they meant to implement it more but didn't have the time or just, you know, it got cut, something along those lines. But, hey, more stuff to work with in the sequel. Am I right?
1: Yeah, that sequel is definitely going to be something else.
0: Yeah. Hopefully uh i feel like there weren't that many planets to explore in the first game so hopefully they blow that out well actually i don't know if i actually want that because if it's the a big reason i like the game is because it was linear and it was more manageable of a game so i don't know if i want them to just blow it out with like give me 12 planets instead of six like eh. Maybe that gets into like, you know, over 50 hour territory to complete. And I I like the sweet spot where it's in right now. So maybe that's a lie. But hey, maybe more details and more stuff to do on each planet that maybe would be a nice compromise. But hey, we'll see. And now I'm thinking about it. This is actually a, a very good transition because Fallen Order is very similar structure wise to Ratchet and Clank. The more that I'm thinking about it, because you're just planet hopping you're going through linear paths, and you get to choose your path. And there's a bunch of collectibles, and you come back with new abilities and gadgets. Like it's very much so just a Ratchet and Clank game. <laughs> oh boy, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever asked them about that or made that comparison, but man, that is that is a spot on comparison. But um, yeah, if you haven't figured it out by now, I've been playing Ratchet and Clank, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh, the 2002 original. um It's Canada's- what I've been. I
1: was going to make a reference saying, ah, so two James Arnold Taylor, uh, twice." <laughs> but he was going yeah, to take over at that point.
0: Literally the only game he hasn't voiced Ratchet for. Um, I think, yeah, he is in the PS4 game. So if it was that one, which I'm probably going to replay somewhat soon, uh, PS I love you is doing a book club for Ratchet and Clank 20, I think 2016 is what it's called. Um, So I think I might replay it just to participate in that book club, but I've been playing the original, the 2002 version on PlayStation 3 through the HD collection. Uh, I've been streaming all of the Ratchet and Clank games on Twitch, and I still am. Uh, Later tonight as we're recording this, I'm going to be doing Ratchet and Clank uh, 2 going Commando. Uh, So yeah, I've been doing Ratchet and Clank and man, that game, I'm kind of torn on it, man, because that game feels like it's made in 2002. Like this is the only like I've played a bunch of Ratchet and Clank games. I've played almost all of the PlayStation three ones. I played the size matters on PSP. And of course the PS4 one, I haven't really touched them on PS2 that much, but this is the only Ratchet and Clank game in the entire franchise without a strafe option. And this is a shooter. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you want me to use these guns and use these weapons, but I can't like lock onto anything in an accurate way that became very frustrating as i continued playing and that might be my biggest criticism of it where it's like all right you want me to do all this combat and you're you are putting me up against enemies with like laser accuracy that do a lot of damage and i only have like four hits of health and it's like next to nothing it's really frustrating but you're asking me to do this and i was dying so often like there. oh wow you know what i muted my phone Only to leave my tablet up and have the volume on that. So let me shut that. Um, But yeah, now that that's closed. uh, Yeah, Ratchet and Clank, it's just really difficult, man. And because you can't quite hit where you need to go, it's just really challenging to play. Uh, There are so many clips on Twitch right now where I'm just like screaming or crying. I dude. The last stream I did because I beat it. Uh, that's why I wanted to talk about in the show. I've been streaming it for the last like two weeks or so, but I just beat it. That final boss fight was murderous. <laughs> it was so evil and conniving. I absolutely, I hated that boss fight for a very long time because it was hard to aim. Like there was only a couple weapons where the only way to aim is by just running right at the enemies you're trying to shoot. It, cause it's not like a dual shit shooter where you can aim independently of your walking of where you're walking. So you just got to walk towards things and just hope it locks on in front of you. And I had to keep doing that with the boss. And then I kept, he kept changing his tactics up mid fight. So I kept, kept getting this surprise and then it would die. And then there's no checkpointing system in this game. If you die, cause how most levels are set up where there's like maybe two or three branching paths. And if you die on any one of those paths, you start at the beginning of that branch. So you're back at the hub world almost. And it's like, God, this is is just evil. (laughs) It is really hard. Um, Now, of course, I say all of that. And I finally got through everything. And uh, ever since I beat it, I beat it like maybe four days ago, five days ago, uh, I've been staying up late, going back and collecting all the collectibles, getting all the gold bolts, just trophy hunting. And I, uh, I unlocked the Tesla, I think Tesla cannon, Tesla coil, it's like a laser beam, basically, and it like uh, arcs between different enemies. I unlocked that and every combat encounter is just a joke now. <laughs> and it was the it was the second most expensive weapon. And so it makes sense as to why it was, because I'm just like running through all these combat challenges without issue. And I got all the health upgrades now because I was able to afford it with the bolt. So it's like, all right, I'm just breezing through this game now. And now it's like actually fun. So I'm thinking about the game a little bit more fondly now. But man, when I was beaten at that first time. Fucking Drek man. Drek is the villain of the game. And oh my god, trying to get him down was just so annoying. I hated it. But uh now that I'm just breezing through it now with all the upgrades and I'm just going back and collecting all the stuff I missed. It is it is a legitimately fun game. I understand why people love it so much. Um there are some issues, but I don't know. I mean, have you ever have you ever like had an interest in trying out Ratchet and Clank, or have you ever tried out the original or any of the other ones?
1: Um, I actually do have like the Ratchet and Ratchet Ratchet and Clank 1 uh, Ratchet deadlocked. Uh, Hmm. I have a bunch of them uh, installed on my PS3 right now, and I I haven't gone to them yet because I'm waiting for that high. That is LB (laughs) 21. Fair enough. And like their things are fully going into swing because they're having their first uh, live stream tonight.
0: Hmm. okay, so things are really going to pop off then. Looking forward to that. And so that's going to be wait. When does that drop? April, right?
1: Uh, Stan, like early access drops on in like six weeks.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. So like what? Mid-April, maybe a little late April. And so roll over into May. Uh,
1: mid-a- Mid-April, specifically the 16th of April. And then the regular release is 420.
0: OK. All right. I got you 420, of course. Um. But yeah, that that should be so. That's what you're really holding on to. So I don't blame you for not wanting to jump into Ratchet and Clank quite yet, because that's a big commitment if you're trying to do the whole trilogy. Um, but I will say though, Ratchet and Clank one, it uh, it holds up as long as you're not trying to do every single thing in it. Um, the parts of the game that annoyed me the most are like trying to get a lot of the optional things. Like some of the platforming gauntlets that they put you through are just so mean. They're just so evil, especially when you only have four hits of health, because there's only three tiers of health. There's four hits, there's five hits, and then once you get an obscene amount of bolts, you can go all the way up to eight hits. Once you hit eight hits, it's like, all right, everything, you can kind of tank a lot of damage without much consequence. But, and also when you unlock other weapons, you can just take enemies out very quickly. But man, that game is really punishing at the start. Well, actually, not even at the start. The first few levels are pretty cool. But then once you get towards the end of the game and you still have the beginning of the game upgrades and weapons and whatnot, it is very challenging. And the last few levels don't turn into, they don't become the same level of challenge as the rest of the game until you unlock some of these like second playthrough uh, upgrades and weapons. It's its very difficult. But the game isn't that long. Like it took me 14 hours to stream um, through the whole thing but you could probably beat that game in like 10 hours it it, it isn't too long it's just you know having to replay all these bosses that i kept dying on that really took up a lot of time and if you want to avoid all those deaths you'd have to grind for bolts to get a lot of these upgrades but the game is fun the game is fun and the more that i'm playing it in this uh platinum playthrough the more that i'm enjoying it um and also (laughs) some of the Going back for the trophies and things, because in the Rats and Clank series, they have these things called skill points, which is basically little extra side challenges connected to every level. Um, some of them are just easy stuff where it's like blow up all the cargo ships in this level. And so you just got to hunt down for all the cargo ships. Other ones are insanely mean. <laughs> There's one called uh, Speedy, where you have to get under a minute and 35 seconds on the uh, hoverboard race in one of the levels. And, dude, you, in order to get that trophy, it's a skill point and it's a trophy. In order to achieve that goal, you have to be boosting the entire race. You can't slow down for a second. You have to literally cut corners on the track. You have to hit ramps over, like, the edge of the track so you can, like, cut off a turn so that you don't even have to get on that part of the highway. And then you have to you have to do so much. And you have to hit a bunch of tricks when you're hitting the ramps, too, so that you have extra boost built up. Between boost pads. It is like there's one perfect route on YouTube to do it. And I was following that route and I could not get it. I got to like a minute 35 seconds, 0.06 milliseconds. <laughs> like it w- I was fucking driving myself crazy. And then I looked up another YouTube tutorial, just a completely different video. And they were like, okay, here's another. You can also cut corners on this route too. And I'm like, oh my God. If I had only did that the first time, then I got on my first try after that. So it's definitely one of those games. If you're thinking like old, somewhat challenging, somewhat frustrating PS2 platformers, but are still very fun to go collect everything in. This is scratching that itch for me very heavily. And I'm glad I went back to it. Can't wait to get through not only Ratchet and Clank 2, but also 3. And I'm going to be right after we're done with this podcast. I'm going to test this copy of uh, Secret Agent Clank that I got and and hook my PS2 up. We'll see if I'm going to stream that, too. I'm planning on it, so, you know, we'll see about it. Some good stuff, man. But hey, are you planning on a, what are you planning on trying out a Rift Apart when that comes out later this year? Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Can't wait for that one. Hopefully I got all these games in the tank by the time that comes out. took me almost a month to play one. So God only knows what the next three are going to have for me. Or actually next four because we're doing the original trilogy and Secret Agent Clank and Tools of Destruction. Holy shit, we got a lot to go, but um, we'll worry about that later. Uh, so, what's the other game that you've been playing this past week, man?
1: I have been playing. Uh, well, first, I want to say I know how you feel. I feel your pain with the uh, with ha- having to get that precise time.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can imagine. Is there like a trophy like that in the in this next game, or is just in general? <laughs> you understand that pain? Uh,
1: well, well, in the first uh, KOTOR game, there was a. Uh, Part of the game where, in order to progress, you had to basically win a swoop bike race.
2: Hm. Mm,
0: okay.
1: And you had, to, you had to, you were using an experimental type of swoop bike.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: And like every so often, like at a certain point, every single, every, like during the entire race, you had to press, I think, it on PC, you have to hit uh, the space bar. Oh. But that, when I played that back like 10, 15 years ago, or not, or not yeah like when i played that when i when i or when i first played the game and got that part i nearly i nearly broke a controller
0: <laughs> yeah man it's but like what did you ever eventually get past it though yeah <sighs> doesn't that feel great though when you finally conquer it
1: yeah it's I, it's actually how i felt when i played when i beat a certain beat a bunch of bosses in dark souls
0: it, exactly that's a perfect Perfect combination where it's like, you know, you've been doing it right for several tries now. You're just trying to get it better and better and better until you finally get it. And you feel like a God among men. It's a great feeling. It's frustrating to get there, but it's a great feeling.
1: But speaking of gods.
0: Yeah. Speaking of gods. Yes. (laughs) We have some other gods held straight up in (laughs) the space. Actually, in the same galaxy that is also far, far away. Uh, Tell us about some Tour.
1: Yeah. So I've been wanting to uh, or I. I technically finished the game, like finished the main with it, like the free version of the game. Like with my Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I decided to start playing as a uh a Sith.
0: Hmm. Okay. Switching it up a little bit, especially from Fallen Order.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I tried to while I was doing this I was watching uh the our uh, Bruce Bruce Green's uh streams that he did.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh, he's been playing Switch Tour recently?
1: Well, no, no, it's, this, it's from last year when they were giving out, when they had that major like four times XP event.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was him, Raul, Coley, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, and Lawrence.
0: Yep. I know Raul plays a lot, so I'm not too surprised about that.
1: And yeah, that game is still fantastic.
0: Nice <laughs> right. good to hear.
1: Despite this year being its 10th year anniversary.
0: Wait, it's really uh, wait. Hold up. Yeah, it has been around for 10 years. Jesus Christ, Uh, because every time I hear, oh, it's 10 years old. I'm like, no way. But it is 2021 and that was 2011. Like it hurts my soul, but it's true. God, we have like two years before like the PS4 is 10 years old, which is dangerous to think about (laughs) for me personally.
1: Hey, I've been playing. I've been playing the MLB, the show franchise since the beginnings and does
0: Jesus. Yeah. You're getting close to 20 years on that franchise. So whew. I'll, I'll and see you when we're all in wheelchairs. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, I feel you on that. But yeah, I, I, I've noticed some soul tour. It, it might just be because Greg Miller's playing it and now he's streaming it a couple days now. And it's like, all right, I feel like it's only because of that, but I've been yeah. seeing a lot of like SWOTOR tour resurgence in my, feeds and from people I've been seeing around. So to see that you're joining in on that train, I mean, you play it a little bit more regularly than most people. So like, you know, that much is obvious. But uh, I see you're coming back in here with a new character. So, you know, must mean something.
1: I I plan on like I have my current my current uh, character is pre apostrophe V. Or no, it's Mm -hmm. it's no, it's PR apostrophe I. V a l a a a l. Provol.
0: Okay, Provol. All right. I was like, "How do I pronounce that?" But you said it.
1: And then I, I realized that there's a certain, there's a character class I never even I've never even tried yet or touched yet.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Squeezing out every last drop of a uh, fun from that game.
1: Yeah. I. Ne- turns out, in the ten years I've been playing the game, I never played the Imperial Agent. I never did that storyline.
0: Hmm. Okay, so that opens up entirely new actual story uh, parts to dig into.
1: It's something I still haven't experienced. Okay. Huh. So I credit, I I did started uh, brainstorming some names, and I settled Don't. on Dian Pan.
0: Okay, <laughs> I like that one. Nice, and short, sweet.
1: It, it's like my Sith. Uh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a nod to the whole. With my sixth character, it's it's a nod to to the word. It's not a nod to prevail, and mm. this character is literally the subtext is dying pain.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's uplifting. Well, yeah, you got to prevail through that. I mean,
1: it's the dark side.
0: Yeah, true, right. true. It does make sense, but like, God, that is dark. <laughs> oh boy, but hey, thematically appropriate still. Good shit though. Very, very good shit. So, I mean, so have you just started it or have you gotten a, a good chunk in there and you're seeing like what's different about it compared to all the other pieces of content you've tried?
1: I haven't gotten a chance to try the Imperial Agent. Uh, oh, OK. I'm I'm still on Drummond Coss as my Sith. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, my Sith's, my character name for my Sith is much better than the original one I had back during the launch.
2: <laughs>
0: what was that name again?
1: For my current Sith or my old Sith?
0: Your old one, yeah.
1: Benedict Cater. <laughs>
0: Benedict Cater. Oh boy. That sounds like the protagonist in an adventure game on that was only released on PC in like
1: 1982. And I think that's I think that, that one is bad. My Jedi that, that my Jedi that I had spent the most time with was Mortificus.
0: Mortificus. <laughs> oh my god. Sounds like an off-brand Sherlock Holmes knockoff. good god uh well that's some creative name calling but i'm glad you've gotten better with that (laughs) oh boy to be glad those old names aren't canon that's all i'm gonna say boy howdy well hey it sounds like you're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that as you keep playing and maybe report back with some with some new findings yeah excellent Excellent stuff. Well, I look forward to hearing that. I'm sure we'll get. I feel like on this podcast, we always update ourselves on what's new in Fallout 76 and what's new in SWTOR. So we will be getting at least one of those updates relatively soon, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, good shit, good shit. Any other uh, tour or we have we've been saying tour the whole time. Star Wars: The Old Republic. Uh, comments you wanted to share, real quick.
1: Uh, yeah, actually, yeah they can they really could make it a lot easier to understand what you're, how you're supposed to go about doing everything after you finish the main story like the hmm. end game the DLC content mm-hmm. or the or the expansions
2: yeah
0: like you know put up a quest in the quest log or something or just make it a little less obscure
1: uh it's for vex chevlo it says go return to your ships uh something mhm and specifically the area where you where you access the expansion huh i was i was looking at a like a mission guide or like uh like what order to do the mission mm-hmm. and for the H- hud cartel one it was like hud cartel chapter Four. Oh, like <laughs> what What's that's happening? a little weird and then hmm. like another, another one was a random mission on coruscant
0: okay that <laughs> seems weird and out of context I don't know how I don't know how they're organizing their content, but you know, it sounds like that could use some oversight. <laughs> Someone can look into that. Huh. Well, hey. It's a weird world over there in the Sword land, but hopefully they'll I mean it seems like a couple of people are just popping back in for whatever reason, one net nostalgia. So with more players, maybe means more uh I don't know, more additions, more changes, more updates. So we'll see on that. Can't hold my breath right now for it. Oh oh, oh yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, did you hear about the Square Enix digital showcase next week?
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I saw that a couple hours ago. Um, actually, someone just tweeted about it. Let me read it off. Uh, so the premiering a new Life is Strange game, which I know you and me are both hella hyped for, right?
1: Uh, new cast, new powers. Mm-hmm. And God, so- what? Mm-hmm. Something that we had been uh, that we've been talking about on when or in the rumor mill is that there's a there's a strong possibility that Deck Nine will be taking over a Life is Strange for good. Ooh.
0: you know what? I don't hate that because now that I've played before the storm, I I totally trust them to fully take the reins because they know how to tell some emotionally impactful but also unexpected stories.
1: Yeah, and a rumor I'd seen I'd seen about. Uh, do you remember the character in the? Afri- I'm playing out her name.
0: Is it in the second game? Because probably not. <laughs>
1: no, no. Uh, okay. It's in Before the Storm. She's the character who's the dungeon master.
0: Yes, okay. I forget her name, too. But, yeah, she wears the hat.
1: Yeah, that's the character that a lot of people are theorizing is going to be the next protagonist.
0: Ooh. What, what power? Here's my thing, because I understand. I haven't played Life is Strange 2 yet, which I know I need to get around to. Um, That and tell me why. But, um... I know people have said that the first game connects to the second game in a very slight way. I feel like that's a very big connection to have. If, don't, if we're already showing that the connections are going to be very bare, to have her be the link between Life is Strange and then Life is Strange 2, or like, do you think this is a full on Life is Strange 3? Or do you think this is like another either b- before the storm type situation where it's just a side story? Like, what do you think this is going to be?
1: I I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a of Strange Three because uh I was about to say don't nod for a second <laughs> with all the losses so far with Avengers uh, yeah I, I have a feeling that Square wants to make some quick money and they know that if they they do say hey new of strange game is happening people will jump on that. Hmm.
0: Very true. Very true. I don't know. I don't know how much they're hemorrhaging money from Avengers. I mean, I feel like Avengers made a lot of money. It's just a question of if it made as much money as they pumped into it, number one. And number two, I think it's just public perception of the game now is bad. Where at launch, people were saying the single player story is pretty cool. But like the weeks after, people started realizing, oh, there's no end game for this whole loot grind that this game is kind of encouraging you to go on. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I think this life is strange thing. I'm expecting a a full on life is strange three, but if it is going to be a full on life is strange three, I'm expecting a completely like not connected heavily to any of these games, maybe a cameo from the second game or the first game or something, but I don't think you're going to see much of anything as far as like a, Oh, this character from one game is going to be the main character here. I don't think they're going to have it like that, but that's just me personally. Uh, I will say you, you want to talk about Avengers, uh, Marvel's Avengers is going to be there. Uh, people are speculating that because this is a big square Enix presentation where it's like all of their biggest guns, you might see Spider-Man gameplay here. I don't,
1: I don't I, know how. I, I hope so.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like that would be the big burst of excitement that would get everybody in here. Either that or cuz everyone's saying Spider-Man because of course that would be the biggest deal since that's PlayStation exclusive and everyone loves Spider-Man we all know but like Black Panther was originally slated to be one of the earliest characters like I think he was slated to be here before Hawkeye and before Kate Bishop so I'd love to see him and I know they pushed it back because of course Chadwick Boseman's passing um which still you know breaks our hearts everywhere but I I I could see T'Challa coming up. T'Challa would I feel get people just as excited, man? Just in my opinion. Hmm. That's okay.
1: Great. Cre- Creighton sent me that as a little, little indication of where he he is with with his uh, playthrough or his LP his LP of the second game.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I saw him post about this on Twitter where he was like, "I selected a choice that no one else who ever played the game ever chose."
1: Yeah, zero percent.
0: Yeah, which is. Honestly, fucking wild and also makes so much sense <laughs> for him. It's like, of course, you're gonna be a contrarian even in a game with choices. Like, get out of here. Um, so yeah, very excited to see where that goes. And of course, just you know, small things I'll mention. Uh, Outriders is gonna be there. Probably some more information on like I don't know, the release, post launch content. I don't know. Outriders, I've already talked about in the last podcast. It's fun. Um, uh, it's not like the greatest thing in the world, but like it's fun to play. So hopefully uh that that has a good time when it comes out April 1st. Uh, Tomb Raider 25th anniversary is gonna be mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you saw the leak, but they already leaked that there's gonna be like a three pack trilogy of all of the modern Tomb Raider games. Uh, I think Rise Rise of the Tomb Raider, regular Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. All those are gonna be bundled together. Um, I'm thinking I really would love a new Tomb Raider game. And I, I said this on Twitter, but I would really love something along the lines of like uh, an older Laura Croft. Like I keep saying, Jamie Lee Curtis like vibes to her. Oh, like, like in Nintendo Halloween. Movies? No, I'm talking like, like Halloween reboot.
1: Oh no, 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 I was gonna say like taking the original Laura La- Croft.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that tr- like honestly triangle vo- triangle boobs, but she's an actual person now. <laughs> Like, I would love that if they humanized that Laura Croft, because that, that's the same one that was also in like Tomb Raider, Angel of Darkness, or whatever it was called. Uh, like the PS2 ones that, where it got all weird and like mystical or whatever. Um, I want to see her brought forward, age her up. And then they said that the next game was going to finally unite. The uh the re the rebooted franchise and the old games. So I think that would be a cool one where you have older Laura Croft reminiscing on her adventures from both, and it's like combining both of those worlds into like one canon version of this older character. I just would love that. I we don't get enough, like we got all these dad games, we don't have a single mom game, not one that I can think of off top of my head. And you could maybe count Walking Dead season four, but like she's a kid herself, so like
1: she'd she'd be a young, young mom.
0: Yeah, that's that's teen mom. Like, I want like some old women. Like, let's fucking go. So I would love to see something like that. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're going to just play it conservatively and just bring back Camilla Lettington, which Camilla Lettington's great. Like nothing against her, but I'd love to see them go crazy with some stuff. So we'll see what happens there. Um, And I think that's pretty much. I mean, Balan Wonderworld's is going to be there. I don't know how much we need to care about that. <laughs> I've seen the memes of that demo and just how terrible that is and looks and blah, 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 blah. Just Cause Mobile is going to be there. I don't care about it, but it could be cool maybe. Just Cause is cool most of the time, so we'll see. And some new games from Square Enix Montreal, which I believe is like the Hitman Go, uh, Life is Strange Go, Laura Croft Go. I think they make all those games, so that might be interesting as well. Uh, those are probably going to be mobile-centric, but I'd be interested to see where they go with that. So, yeah. That's gonna be, when's the next time we record this podcast? We usually record it around this day. Uh, When does it actually air? What is 10 a.m.? Okay, so it's about 1 p.m. So we might just do the same thing that we're doing now for this. Cause like, we can probably record right after this airs and then talk about all that stuff. So we'll probably talk about it on the next episode. So be on the lookout for that. Which honestly, by the time you're listening to this, that, that will be already have aired on, I don't know. We, we put these episodes out a week after we record. So it's like, you know, it's not always on time, but it's always good conversation. So that's what matters. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> bouncing from that, uh, just to wrap up what we're playing here and to actually make a pretty good segue to uh, our topic of the show. I've been playing a lot of wet. Um, now, I, I think you remember wet. Is that correct, Al?
1: Yeah, I do, unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately, goddamn. You know, what? I don't blame you. Uh for those of you who don't remember Wet, it's a uh third-person, I guess, stylish action shooter uh from what was it? I forget the developer, but the published it, which is why it's relevant to the topic of the show, but I forget who developed it. Uh all I remember is uh Eliza Dushku is the main character. Uh or is it's not literally a She does the voice. And I think the actress is the model is based off of her likeness. Maybe uh, it's developed by behavior interactive. What? <laughs> what kind of a name is that behavior interactive? And they've worked on mercenaries Two, Dante's Inferno <laughs> dead by daylight. Okay. They've, they've done some stuff. Weird. Anyway, so I've been playing a lot of wet. It's on PlayStation now, so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've been interested in wet for a long time. I'm going to just play it, see what see what happens, see how it is. That game is it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Now, it is, it's, it's trying to do this whole grindhouse thing, and I'm not super familiar with grindhouse cinema. I, I really I'm pretty squeamish when it comes to movies, so I don't watch a lot of violent things. I know stuff like uh, what is it? Like Project Terror or something. Like they had that one combination, like double pack movie that I think Alex Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino make made uh, where they both made like their own grindhouse films and like put it out as a double feature. Um, I've never seen it. And I don't know if I ever will, despite me being a fan of Quentin Tarantino. I don't always love the ultra violence in his movies. So we'll see because it seems like this project would definitely lean into that. But um wet is definitely picking off of that similar vibe. And you know, it gives it it gives it a unique style. And for someone who's streaming this game from a PlayStation 3 to a PS5, like there's a bunch of weird compression issues and stuff going on. So the fact that it has like this grainy footage looking type of filter the entire game, you know, it's it kind of masks maybe the lack of resolution. I'm betting this game ran at 720p natively on PS3. So you know, it kind of gives it a visual flair to make up for the lack of pixels, but I'm having fun with it. Uh, of course, PS Now, I have the PS5 uh, hardwired, so haven't really haven't been having too many issues when it comes to streaming. But I did have an issue last night where like it just refused to turn on. Like I thought my controller disc- was disconnected, but I hit the PS button and it brought up the, the screen. So I said, OK, so I guess my connection to the remote PS3 is just not working. So I uploaded my save from the cloud PS3 to my uh, PS Plus cloud saves. And then I transferred it to my actual native PS3 that I've been playing Ratchet and Clank on because I've been streaming it the whole time. I own a copy of wet like I could just play that on my actual PS3, <laughs> which is pretty dumb. But um, but as for the game itself, it's the plot is very bare bones. There's really not that much dialogue. And it's just a bunch of slow motion wall running, uh, pole flipping and sliding while shooting a bunch of guys. And it's, it's good, solid fun. Um, you know, there's nothing really amazing or super duper special about it. It's just a solid, good time. It kind of reminds me, it definitely feels like a prototype. For the type of mechanics you would see in something like a Titanfall 2, where Titanfall 2 is so smooth about it, where you can you can hop on a wall without really thinking about it, where in wet, they tie all the acrobatic moves to a button. So you're like, okay, I'm a wall run. Now you don't just jump at the wall, you'll you'll fall and die if you do that. But if you hold this button and run towards the wall, then you uh then you'll wall run like you expect. And same thing with like climbing ledges where you have to hold the acrobat button instead of just jumping. And it really feels like Maybe if you've mapped all this stuff to X, then you could use that other trigger for something important because the the traversal mechanics feel a little bit awkward and slow. Uh, but other than that, just the shooting, whenever you are doing an acrobatic movement and shooting at the same time, it instantly goes into slow motion. And you can keep up incredible kill chains because you just stay in slow motion the entire time and your pistols don't run out of ammo. So you can just stay holding the fire button and just try and hit stuff and you don't lose points for missing shots so it's just like all right i'm just just shoot the whole time i just let it all off and then just aim the hose at somebody whenever they get close so um it's a lot of fun it is a whole lot of fun um so yeah that's 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 what i have to say about that wet is an interesting game it has a lot of style and it's a lot of fun i i understand why it hasn't been remembered (laughs) i understand why it's forgotten there's there's not much to it you know so that's my whole thing uh you say that you you remember wet unfondly is there a reason for that
1: yeah it's
0: is it just like i mean, do you have like actual negative feelings or is it just like a mediocre game to you?
1: It's just a mediocre game and hmm. fair like this was before this is pre uh it acquisition acquisition
0: yeah, definitely hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where I understand a lot of people thought it was mediocre at the time. And I can't, I feel so bad for the people who went out and paid $60 for this game. Because I think I've been playing it for, I want to say maybe five hours, five or six hours over the last few days. And I'm almost done with it. Like, I'm probably going to wrap this thing up in less than 10 hours. And to think someone spent $60 on it. And it's not even like an incredible story and the gunplay isn't super amazing. Like it's it's an aggressively average game in so many respects, even though it is trying, it does have style and whatever. That I I I can imagine someone being really mad that they paid $60 for this way back in the day. But for me, someone who's playing it as part of a as part of PS now where I've access to hundreds of games for like what, 10 bucks a month, it's like, well, hell yeah, I'll give it a shot. And it's it's living up to that expectation. You know, people talk about, oh, it's good for a Game Pass game. This definitely falls into that kind of category where it's good for a PS Now game. It's it's good for something that I didn't have to pay specifically for. And so I'm glad for that. Uh, I hope it comes to Game Pass at some point, because as we'll talk about just a moment here, you know, a lot of Bethesda games, a lot of their back catalog is starting to come to Game Pass. And I hope we start getting the weird ones in there. I hope we start getting like Rage 1 hope we start getting Brink, I hope we start getting Wet, uh, and all the other random Bethesda games that we have here. Um, but I'll continue on that point in the next topic, which is our topic of the show. Um, so, of course, right before we start recording here, uh, Xbox and Bethesda at the same time, actually, uh, they premiered a video on their YouTube channels, just talking about what the future is going to hold now that this acquisition is completely done. Um, and really, it's just a lot of talking about the future there isn't that much in the way of like super concrete announcements because the ink just dried on the contract so it's like only now have they been able to talk to each other in the context of them being one unit up until now it's illegal for them to you know have those conversations and interact with each other in that way but now all bets are off and they can totally do whatever they want since they're all under one house so they already said that they're going to have an actual event in the summertime sometime where they're going to actually talk about concrete games and whatnot. But there was a lot of good info in this one. So with the info that we've seen in this video, uh, I said, how about we put a couple of things out there that we want to see for the future of Bethesda. Um, And so if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and start this one since I let you start in the last one. So one thing that I really want to see, and this, once again, ties into what I was just talking about I want to see all of the Bethesda back catalog games coming to game pass. And when I say all Bethesda games, I literally mean all now I had this tab up, but I think I closed it. Bethesda published games. Uh, Yeah. They have published a lot of games over there. What two decade history, maybe even longer. Uh, Let me look this up. Published games. Because there's a long list that I was reading from the other day. Uh, all right, so I'm, I'm ignoring everything on like the Amiga and the Atari. God, they've been around since 1986. That is fucking crazy. God, with Gridiron, their first fucking game. They made a bunch of Terminator games too back in the day on, Mac, the, on MS-DOS. Anywho, let's I go just... Uh-huh, go ahead.
1: I could be just going senile, but I think they may have made a Star Trek game.
0: You know what? I bet they have. Let me look it up. Uh, I'm on the page right now. Control F, Star Trek. Uh, Yeah, they made a couple. Oh yeah, there's like four of them. They made Star Trek Encounters, Tactical Assault, Legacy, and Conquest for what, the PlayStation 2, Wii, uh, 360, uh, PlayStation Portable. They might, they published them, but yeah, it's a different developer. Like Quicksilver software, Mad Dog software, like it's just something they publish, but still something. So yeah, there's a lot of just random things here that, for for obvious reasons, people don't talk about, or in a lot of these cases, people don't care about. Excuse me. Um, I'm looking at stuff. They made a Pirates of the Caribbean game in 2003 for the original Xbox, or they it published that-
1: it. No, no, that they made it. It was. Is there on the time huh. when uh they Disney didn't know how that had the. How the- uh, How to use their IPs. Yeah. And they had they, basically it was a bunch of a bunch of ripoff games. And Bethesda's Pirates of the Caribbean game was more along the lines of Sea Dogs, too.
0: Ah, OK. Yeah. I see a lot of the Sea Dogs games that they made in 2000s. Yeah. Or just one <laughs> one Sea Dogs game, which apparently was uh, was received better than the Pirates of the Caribbean inspired sequel that came later. But, you know, I don't I don't know if I can expect Pirates of the Caribbean to come the game pass, considering that's tied up with Disney. But, you know, they got some they just have a lot of weird old stuff here. They got like Rogue Warrior. I forgot about Rogue Warrior until right now. I we would love. To, about, yeah, sure
1: we talked about it last week.
0: Actually, you're right. We did talk about it last week. I think it's in the thumbnail for the last episode. Yeah, it's it's not a game that I think about often because when I make when I. Wrote down, I want the entire but the cat- back catalog to come to Game Pass. I wasn't thinking about Rogue Warrior, but hey, the shoe fucking fits. <laughs> but yeah, Rogue Warrior, I'd love to see that one come. Just for, you know, the novelty of it, I'd love to see. Um, what other stuff they have in here? All the Doom games are coming. That's one of the games that they announced. There's 20 titles coming to Game Pass uh, tomorrow as of this recording. By the time you're listening to this, they're already on there. So yeah, all of the Doom games except Doom 2016 is coming which is weird. Don't know why they stopped there, but I'm sure that will come in due time. I want to see Quake Live come to consoles, man. Or just Quake something, you know? Because I think, what, Quake 4 is the one that had the uh, single-player campaign? Is that fair to say? Let me see. Quake 4 had... There was a Quake game that had a single-player campaign on the original Xbox. Let me see. Or it might not have been original Xbox. I think it was actually the 360. Uh,
1: Quake 4 was Xbox 360.
0: Okay, yeah, Quake Four, Xbox 360,
1: made, made by Raven.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, holy shit, Raven and uh, yo, people know I fuck with Raven. They they made a lot of really cool shooters back in the day. Um, and, and yeah, Enemy Territory, Quake Wars as well.
1: Well, servers for a bunch of games, a bunch of those games like Enemy Territory, Quake Wars.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the servers are dead, but like, hey man, we got Microsoft money now. Who says we can't bring them back?
1: Honestly, there's one game I want to see come to Game Pass from id. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein.
0: Yes. Yeah, that could come to PC Game Pass, you know, just with a little bit of work. I would love to see that because I've been a little bit curious about those older titles because, you know, that's before my time. That's before I even got on the Wolfenstein train. And now that I'm all in it, I'm like, yo, technically those old games are canon, including Wolfenstein 2008. I don't know. if Did you know that actually? <laughs>
1: I oh, mean 2009?
0: Oh, yeah, 2009. That's true. But yeah, all those games for, for the Machine Games Wolfenstein series that's going on now, those old ones are still canon. So BJ Blazkowicz did all of that shit back in the day. They don't bring it up that much, but it is part of it. It's very weird. Yeah, Raven Software, they made Singularity Wolfenstein 2009, like we had just said. They worked on Black Ops. Th- yeah, they've been working on Call of Duty ever since. But um, yeah, man, I would love to see some of that Quake stuff come back, especially Quake 4. Like the fact that Quake 4 had a single-player campaign on 360 just sounds so fucking wild. And it looks like it's a sequel. It looks like it's a spiritual sequel to Doom 3, which is why I want to play it. Because the fact that Doom 3 is even a thing after I have played all these other more recent Doom games is like so wild. So I'd love to see some Quake games come to console just because no one cares. I I was going to say no one cares about Quake, but that feels like so aggressive. People don't talk about Quake as much as I feel like they should considering its legendary status in games history. Uh, So I'd love to see Quake make a comeback in some way through Game Pass. Uh, Fallout 3, weirdly, in this drop of 20 games that are coming to Game Pass tomorrow, Fallout 3 isn't on that list. So I I think Fallout 3 would be a good candidate to bring over um give that an fps boost maybe on 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 uh xbox series x and s i would really fuck with that um you know here's one weird one that i would like to see just because it has a funny connection to the whole the the family of xbox now hunted the demons forge you
1: remember that game uh in exile put that one out right
0: exactly in exile which is a developer that has been purchased by microsoft about what a year or two ago and so it'd be really funny to just bring that game back because you have all of the everyone who could green light that game to be re-released they all are under one roof so fuck it why not
1: (laughs) i remember the game getting bad reviews
0: oh yeah it was terrible but like
1: (laughs) i was just just screw it we're we're making a sequel this game because we can
0: honestly like why not yeah (laughs) <laughs> honestly like here i'm I'm bringing up gameplay just so i can like take a look at this i remember it being like a very weird gears of war flavored ripoff type game but it like i remember seeing e3 demos of it and i was like oh this kind of looks interesting i don't know yeah, if i'd go as so far to say cool
1: i can't really i can't really throw shade because i own the game oh what there you go <laughs> and i realized that like there's gonna be so many people out there when the when, it, when the games drop tomorrow I'm going to be like finally I can finally play this game for the first time me, me when I saw Doom 1 and t- one and 2 uh, being shown I did yeah. that like 8 years ago on PS3
0: yeah exactly honestly for a lot of those games they showed I own there were 20 games there I probably own 10 of them on Playstation already which is the fucking trip and it's like I, if you didn't play them I there why would the, I
1: play I them got, here I got the speed run trophy Doom 3 oh
0: my god see I was there was a point in my life where I was thinking hey man I I might say fuck it and try and platinum doom 3 like okay let me look up the list the list that they have for the games that are coming uh, tomorrow as we're recording this is Dishonored Definitive Edition uh, Dishonored 2 Doom 1, Doom 2, Doom 64 Doom 3, Doom Eternal Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4 Fallout 76 Prey, Rage 2 Morrowind Oblivion, uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim uh, Special Edition, uh, Elder Scrolls Online: The Evil Within One, Wolfenstein: the New Order, The Old Blood and Young Blood from Wolfenstein as well. Out of all of those games, <laughs> I think I only not. I think I own all of them except, I think Dishonored Two. I don't own on PlayStation. Actually, no, I do. I bought a used copy of it years ago. Fuck, I, I don't own Oblivion. I don't own Morrowind and shit, that's it. I own all the rest of the
1: (laughs) same. I the only game I only own I only own or there's only one game in that entire list that I do not own, and that's Morrowind.
0: Yeah. It's wild. Because Morrowind's so long ago. I think that's original Xbox, is that correct?
1: Yeah. And if I'm if I if I'm correct about this and it's not just crazy talk, there's a big there's like a very big mod going on right now on PC with Skyrim to bring basically a total conversion mod to make remake Morrowind and Skyrim's engine.
0: Mm. Now that sounds enticing, especially with Skyrim coming to PC Game Pass as well. might be able to finagle some mod support into that thing because I know some PC Game Pass games already support mods, so that could be something. And on console, get that FPS boost on there. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of games on here that I'm like, yo, just bring it back just because like, it's not like actually, cause I'm a weird person where I might actually play through, uh, hunted the demons forge if you gave me a chance to, but like, I think it's just novel to have all these old games and have this be the place to play them. Like, even if you don't bring them the game pass, make that a priority in the backwards compatibility thing. Like. I really do love, like, actually, where's the tweet? I saw Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny, of course. He put out a tweet. As we were recording, I saw this tweet fly by the timeline, and I thought it was a really good one, so I'm just going to read it verbatim right here. The thing that I love most about Xbox and Game Pass is not only that they have a ton of old games, they strive to enhance and improve them to play better and look better. I find real value in actually being, quote-unquote, the best place to play of games. Like, I really like that idea, so... I love how they're bringing all these old games back and enhancing them. They already said FPS boost was coming to some of these titles. So like continue that, like get all the weird corners. Like I've already mentioned Brink I've already mentioned the first rage, but like all these games, just bring them here and have this be the primary platform. Like if you want to play anything in this wide legacy, then you go here and this is going to be the best place to play all these games. So I am just so excited for this to be a thing like they've already been doing good with their old with their own back catalog you know you can go back and play gears judgment and all of this shit of course um but i just hope they continue it because this is really cool maybe what call of cthulhu dark corners of the earth is next (laughs) which is another thing that they I do
1: not think that game can run on modern consoles
0: really Uh, was it just is it too impressive or is it just broken
1: uh broken Mm. Because like for a couple couple Halloweens, uh, the super best friends used to do it every month or er, er, every Halloween. They every every October for their the entire run of their channel would do like uh, the Shredstorm. <laughs> oh boy! The, them playing different horror games, and mind you, they did this for I think seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And they they tried doing uh, the Cthulhu game. It
0: just never worked.
1: No, they had to, I think, because the because one of the versions was, bu- they had to play one version. Like, they were playing it on one version, that or one console. I think they had to try to pl- buy the game on a PC because there's a very be- very big bug in the Xbox version.
0: Oh, my God, really? Like, un- like you can't beat the game bug?
1: Yeah. And- oh,
0: God. That's just, that's appalling. <laughs> my God, I can't imagine.
1: And it's a shame too because I ended up just I I I wanted to buy the game too mm. because and it's this like, sh- mm-hmm. like it's one of those it's one of those games where you arrive at Innsmouth, and you're doing some sleuthing and then everyone starts trying to kill you and you're like
0: like what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you're
1: shot at um you're like also every time they every time they tried to fire up in the game almost crashed.
0: My God. <laughs> It's terrible. Well, hey, maybe it was like, maybe it's less of a broken issue with the actual development of the game being fucked up. Maybe it has something to do with the hardware not being powerful enough. Because if that's the case, hey, man, Series X got RAM for days or or whatever you need. GPU storage, I don't know. Well, Computers.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I think it was with Morrowind. I, from what I hear, that game got denied cert, cert, like certification because it's still oh. very buggy. Good God. And going back to the whole Sea Dogs, the parts of the Caribbean game that Bethesda
2: made—every
1: mm-hmm. time you drew your sword, the game crashed.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, so that lineage of broken Bethesda games has been a thing for way longer than even I
2: yeah. knew. Yeah.
0: Good God. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, well, then maybe don't bring Call of Cthulhu here because they'll fuck around and brick our our Xboxes. So. Maybe let's not do that. But Hunted, Hunted can come through. That game at least runs, I think. Yeah, it runs. It's just not a great game when it does run, but it runs. (laughs) Anywho. uh, Yeah, so I'd love to see the back catalog stuff come through. But, you know, that's just me. And I hope they just continue to make uh, the Xbox ecosystem the, the best place to play all of your games, new and old. So that's my first point uh what's the what's one of your first points that you have for uh something you want to see from the future but that's <laughs> this if it's this one that you're about to say oh my god it's about to be a doozy So let's go
1: um okay so with fallout 3 and fallout New vegas i cannot get it to run on my pc because the game because of how old the games are
0: oh really it's not just game for windows live it's just the age of it
1: the age and my monitor
0: Oh, it can't run at a high resolution.
1: It it doesn't it refuses to run at twenty five sixty by ten eighty. And same sa- same thing, like, same goes with Fallout Four as well. So,
2: oh
0: okay, something might actually just be a problem.
1: And I know it's not a pro- I know it's not a me problem because Fallout seventy six runs fine. Hmm. But basically, do what they're doing with with Mass the Mass Effect trilogy, but do that with Fallout with, with Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, Mm. but yeah, I agree with Fallout Three. Like touch it up and mod support.
0: Yes, okay, I agree with that. I mean, does uh, New Vegas not have mod support?
1: Well, no. I mean, they both they they both have mod support, but not on on, on PC, obviously.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying bring that to consoles, like the newer Bethesda games?
1: Yeah, and with New Vegas, there are I don't know if you heard about this when. Mm the news story broke a, a few years ago. There were a, a lot of features that had to be cut.
0: Oh, just because of like the scope of the console, or just lack of time?
1: Uh, technical limitations. Dude,
0: yeah, they could bring back so many things. Especially, shit on 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 Xbox One, they could do a lot more. But even on Series X, they could do so much more. I would love to see that. Here's 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 a question I have. I kind of feel like I don't know how bad the blood between because it definitely seemed like Bethesda didn't give uh, obsidian much time at all to make New Vegas. And I don't know if there's any animosity or bad feelings related to that whole, you know, struggle. But it seems like, you know, the relationship there wasn't the strongest. But now that they're all under one roof, I don't know how I don't know. Cause like Bethesda is always because I I'm not quite thinking that um what What's the word I'm looking for? I just don't know if it would be a completely, I don't know if it would be the smoothest process is what I'm saying.
1: Uh, what you kind of, you got, you kind of cut out for a moment.
0: Oh, oh geez, my bad. Uh, I was just asking like from, from what we've been hearing with the uh, development of fallout new Vegas, it didn't seem like the smoothest thing in the world. And it didn't seem like Bethesda really gave uh, Obsidian that much time to work on it and therefore all the bugs people were mad about were more their fault than Obsidian's fault. Um, so, like, do you think there's any animosity there? Do you think that they would easily work together to revive in some way New Vegas, bring back a remaster or something like that? Or do you think it would be just a bridge that they don't want to cross again?
1: Well, the Zen, I'm not sure if it was Bethesda or Zenimax who would basically kill companies. Hmm. Like like an example like, was... yeah. With Fallout new vegas there was like they were they're supposed to, they said the bonuses were if you hit if you hit this amount on Metacritic, you'll get your bonuses
0: yes that was a that's a practice a lot of studios even still to, to still do today but that really does cripple a lot of people back in the day yeah you're right
1: like um there was if because they didn't get their bonuses they had they fired a whole bunch of people they yeah and ironic as it is Kickstarter was the thing that saved them rather than a company coming in and helping out or an angel investor.
0: Yeah. Because what game did they kickstart? Was it Pillars of Eternity, I'm thinking? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, it's crazy that that's what saved them in the end. and It's just the fact that they were... It sucks that they didn't get their bonuses because that game went on to be like one of the most loved games in that franchise and it only got less than perfect ratings because of the restrictions that was put on them by Bethesda. So it's like it just doesn't feel like a fair trade, you know? Yeah. But hey, we'll see. I, I will say just to engage with your actual, you know, thing that you list here. I but, really do think. Yeah, go ahead. Go go yeah. ahead and say what you were saying.
1: So uh, um on Reddit, this, this this is a Reddit post from like two, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, Josh Sawyer said that, or believes that art said the, the the titles just Josh josh sawyer said that as that a fallout and the Elder scrolls are going in the right direction so i wouldn't say that there so there could be some animosity between the two like some unfinished business
0: mm-hmm. hmm. i mean it sounds like from what they're telling me with this whole how close they are with xbox and everything and how they've been low-key in bed together for a really long time. It makes me feel like the spirit of collaboration is at least strong within Bethesda. It's just a question of like now that you're, now that you're all part of the same family, no one's going to try and screw over anybody. So it's like maybe they can try again, start again, and then because it's going to be a long ass time before. In my opinion, I don't think, wow, wow, what is this? I think the alarm in my house is going off. Okay, never mind. It's 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 good now. Did you hear that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and listeners heard that too.
0: Okay, yeah, listeners heard that too. (laughs) I was like, okay, I was, because every now and then, when like you know they're leaving the house, they'll set it up and it goes off on accident. But I was like, all right, is this a real one or is this a fake one? Oh fuck, it's on again. What? Oh my god, what is going on? Lord have mercy. Okay, I'm gonna. Oh, okay, it's done. I'm going to talk. If it rings again, I'm going to get up and go see what's up. But um, anywho, fuck, what was I saying?
1: <laughs> uh, oh, my You're talking about uh, Microsoft, Bethesda, and Obsidian being in the same family now?
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. That, I'm just going to go see what this is. I'm going to go ahead and mute my mic, and then I'll cut all this silence later. All right, I'll be right back.
1: So what I was going to say was, and this is an interview with Josh Sawyer and Fallout New Vegas from wanna say twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. It's and there's not much information, but Josh Sawyer was basically just said that the people at Obsidian also are open to the idea of doing another fallout game. Should Bethesda choose to outsource development on the next title. And the comments are they're not kind, but I want to see another see where they could do with their fallout versus Bethesda's fallout.
0: right, (laughs) (laughs) I've returned. Sorry about that. Apparently, it was my smoke alarm going off, but nothing is on fire or cooking or anything, so I don't know why it was going off. Um, Well, hopefully that's fixed now. Um, And I heard what you were saying, that the comments on what... I, I forgot you what you were saying, but you said the comments on things were not nice, and then it kind of broke out because I was upstairs.
1: Oh, yeah. So Josh Sawyer basically said that I just gave an interview, like three years three ish years ago, saying that people at, at Obsidian are would love to work on Fallout again. Should Bethesda mm. want to outsource it again? Hmm. And, okay. And people in the comments of that Reddit of the Reddit post are not not very nice to Bethesda.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. Well, like, well, now they're all one and the same. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, one one of the what one of the uh, was uh it one of the comments is is just mentioning mm-hmm. the evil that is creation club.
0: Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say it's evil, but it definitely is like the free mod scene that existed on PC. Just a way to like monetize it and get it on consoles in a more proprietary way. I don't know. I, I see what they mean. I don't, I don't quite I wouldn't quite say it's evil. That's my whole thing. I don't know how you well, like, well, here let me let me think before I speak. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm thinking like, well, now that they're all under one roof, sorry, I'm still disoriented by this whole alarm thing. Um, Now that they're all under one roof, even if I feel like the fans might be more negative than actual Obsidian are, um, where I think there's some bitterness maybe at Obsidian, but I don't think it's like as substantial as like maybe the fans have blown it out to be. So now that all, it has to be water under the bridge now that they're all under the same roof. Then maybe that door is open for some more Fallout collaboration. But I also feel like Obsidian is really, they've been really trying to like define themselves with their own like things and their own IPs and everything. Like instead of having Elder Scrolls, they're making their own avowed. Instead of doing, uh, Instead of doing another Fallout, they made the Outer Wilds. Or, God, the Outer Outer Worlds. Worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, God, I'm always going to make that mistake. Uh, So I feel like they're really trying to do what they did in the past, but on their own. And so now that Bethesda's here, it's kind of throwing a wrench into that plan. Because I don't know how much they would want to... I don't know if they'd be willing to sacrifice development on Outer Worlds 2 so that they could work on a New Vegas 2. Like, I'm sure they'd like to do it and everything, but I also don't know if they still have that same, like, pride in their own IPs to want to work on something from technically still the same umbrella, but someone else's IP. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it New Vegas, too. Anyway, like, they, well, they, yeah, told, true. they told their story with, they told everything they wanted to help with that with n- New Vegas and you know,
0: all the DLC and whatnot.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it would be New Vegas, too. It definitely be, like you said, more of a remaster, remake or something just to update it out, up, spruce it up, and make it easily playable. But, uh, hey, we can all dream. And now, it, with this situation, all of that is plausible. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and plus, it, despite me being more of a fan of Fallout 3, because that's like my first Fallout experience ever, I respect New Vegas, and I want to get to the point where I can play that in a somewhat easier way, because everyone talks about how much they love it, and I just want to see what they see. And it Fallout New Vegas introduced me to the whole problem I had with four for the longest time, where I hated having to pick a side because then it would lock me away from other content. Which I know is the point of choices, and that's how you make good choices when there's consequences. But it really felt bad to be like, all right, I choose this, and then every other faction hates you in Fallout 4 when I finally beat that game. It just never feels great. But, you know, I can live with it. Probably going to have to. <laughs> but, hey, that's that's enough of that. <laughs> we, we stretched that part out very long because I had to go dip out of here. But um, on to this next one, uh, the the next point that I have here um, kind of ties into what we were just talking about with this one. Franchises being able to be used by other developers. I really like that all these developers are under one roof now. And this kind of ties into something they were talking about during the video presentation, where they said uh, they were really hyping up Id Tech, And, you know, that engine, of course, Id Tech is the engine. I think they're on Id Tech 7 or something. Um, and that's the engine that's running, you know, the most recent Doom games, the most recent Wolfenstein games. Um, it's all over the Bethesda shooter catalog and Phil Spencer's hinting that, Hey, maybe we could use that engine in some other Xbox games. And I think that type of thing would be really cool, but just, you know, other studios getting to work on, on different IPs. Like, could you imagine double fine working on like a Bethesda title? Cause that's the thing, man. We always pigeonhole double fine for like the kid friendly, you know, cute stuff, but they also made brutal legend. And you know, they made stuff like Trenched, which was that that like World War One space mech shooter. Um, they can they can make some hardcore stuff when they want to. Um, I don't think something like Doom would be a good fit, but like, especially with the new, more kind of jubilant direction that the more recent Wolfenstein games have gone on. I could totally see them doing some type of weird spin-off Wolfenstein project. I think that'd be cool. Um Honestly, Fallout, you you know, they had the whole game with Fallout Shelter where the entire game was kind of in this art style of the of the uh, little animated vault boy. Uh, Double Fine could do something with that art style and do something in that part of that universe. I think that would be cool. Um, Yeah, I could see a lot of that happening, Uh, even with um, Ninja Theory. I think Ninja Theory could do some really cool stuff with like the Dishonored franchise or shit. We haven't played Deathloop yet, but. Def loop. I feel like they could do something with if they wanted to. And all of these types of thoughts and ideas and concepts, I mean, even the coalition, like with them being such great, they're so great with shooters with, uh, with the gears franchise. I really do think they could work wonders with, you know, something like quake. Like, I think I said that either on a tweet or on this podcast, give quake to the coalition and they will make an incredible quake game. Like I just know they would, I don't know how much, how faithful it would be to the original, but like, oh my God, I would play a coalition developed Quake game in a heartbeat because Gears 5 was perfect. Um, but yeah, the all these concepts and ideas would take so long because all these developers are already working on the things that they're already planning. And you know, it's it takes so long for one game to get made. So thinking two or three out, that's like easily whatever the next Xbox is, Xbox Series Y and Z. (laughs) But, like, I would love to see some shit like that. I think that would be really cool. I don't know if you, other than the obvious, you know, New Vegas and Obsidian comparison, were there any other, like, developer franchise combos you'd like to see cross-pollinate here?
1: Um, Part of me wants to see someone else approach Gears of War.
0: Ooh. I I would be interested in that.
1: What if? Just just what if? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Gears of War RPG
0: Mm mm-hmm okay
1: and it could be by either it could be by obsidian or it could be by in exile
0: honestly in exile i like that idea because in exile is already working on an unannounced triple a rpg so like i already feel like that's something i don't know if it's an original ip or if it's like you know we're taking gears and turning into an rpg but i what you're pitching right now especially because gears 5 gears 5 is the first gears game with rpg elements in it already so i feel like they're already flirting with that type of stuff and if they push it all the way forward i feel like the gears universe is one that you could make a fairly compelling rpg experience in there um i would go with something like an action rpg closer akin to like fallout 4 rather than like a hardcore fallout 1 or 2 or even new vegas type thing but like i think there's some fairly engaging stories you could make and you know, you don't have to be necessarily playing as these specific characters. Like, I, I think it'd be cool to see what else that universe can do. And In Exile, I think is a good one for it because Obsidian's doing a bunch of shit already, and of course Bethesda Softworks is doing a bunch of shit already. Like In well, Exile seems like they have a little bit underplayed.
1: According to VGC, uh, the next gen RPG from ex- In Exile could be a, an FPS game.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh man, RPG Halo. Actually, actually, you know what? Let me say this. I feel like, um, I feel like, what's the new Halo game that's about to come out? Um, forgetting the name of it, I want to say Halo Horizon, but that's not it. Halo Infinite.
1: That'd be that'd be a great Halo game. Oh, Halo, Halo Horizon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Halo. Right, watch that be the sequel. Um, but yeah, Halo Infinite. Like that already sounds like it's gonna have some RPG elements in it anyway. So I don't know if they want. To just push it further if they're already flirting with it. But um yeah, I, I would really think if it's gonna be a first person game, I feel it's probably gonna be a new IP. Cause if if you got Microsoft money for the first time in your life and you're a small team like in exile is compared to all these other guys, like you're gonna try and swing big with your first big game, kind of like what Gorilla's doing with Horizon. Um, so yeah, I think that's more likely what it is. But even if it is first person, I don't I still don't think that rules out Gears of War. I think I think that would be an interesting premise for people where it's like, oh, you played this as a third-person shooter the whole time. That way, you can make it be an RPG and make it be completely different. But if it was third-person as an RPG, then everyone's expecting, all right, this has to feel like Gives of War. The combat has to be exactly the same. I better have my active reloads, all of that. But if you put that in the first-person, then not only is it a new experience because of the RPG side, but the combat's going to be different because the first-person shooter now. So I feel like a lot of people would, you know, really be into that change i think but um i don't think it's gears if it's first person i don't think it's gears i think that's just a straight up new ip but hey we'll see time will tell you know perfect dark's about to get a fucking reboot so and that might be something we see in the summer by the way which i dude let me just pause real quick and just say this this summer we're probably going to hear about starfield we're going to probably hear about perfect dark halo infinite and like what else hellblade 2 probably because it feels like it's been a while there's like a good five games we're going to get updates on and then probably a bunch of stuff we have no clue about psychonauts 2 we haven't we still don't know when that's coming out like i feel like we're going to get updates on a lot of these games come this summer and the second half of this year is just going to be crazy for xbox like it's going to be People went from, oh, man, Halo got delayed. They have no games to they have too many games. It's going to happen instantly. I'm, I'm, I'm betting on it. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, good to think about. But yeah, that's pretty much what I have for my point. <laughs> uh, I just want, you know, try, try some cross-pollination. Share these franchises around. See what y'all can do with them. Um, but what's the uh, last point that you have for what you hope to see for the future of Bethesda? Uh,
1: mine is just something that'll make things, make, make continuity, Easier to understand with the Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Like, see where you went and looked at this as a whole. I just took, I just looked, I looked, looked I basically just looked at a single thing and to just made my ideas around that. Yeah, I <laughs> feel you. And that, and my, and my, the second, my second thing would be to have a company like Obsidian or In Exile that works well with uh, pointing, cl- like,
0: like top down RPGs.
1: Yeah, isometric RPGs. Uh, mm-hmm. Modernize Fallout's one and two.
0: Yes, I I think that'd be a great idea. And I think I don't know if InXile is the one who worked on it, but they did remake recently. Uh, what Wasteland one?
1: They they were uh, Interplay technically made Wasteland one. Okay. But they they're not around anymore. So yeah, well. But Brian Fargo, who was a key, got was the head of uh, Interplay, is the head of exile, So.
0: Huh. But well, there you go. Yeah, maybe and, that lineage can cross over.
1: Also, I forgot, it was it was like the hundred and some questions in like five minutes. Game oh, Informer.
0: like a rapid fire thing from Game Informer?
1: Yeah, it was one of those with uh, Timothy Kane and someone else who two, basically the, the two uh, the two faces of uh, Outer Worlds.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I remember those interviews, yeah.
1: Timothy Cain, he just flat out says that Fallout one and two are are very difficult to approach in the in the modern day because of how no. they're made in at the time.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. That's one where I think you could very much so use like the the new shiny coat of paint. And honestly, I feel like In Exile would have been perfect to do that right in between their big AAA title and the games that they usually work on because they do usually make like you know smaller scale stuff like isometric things and i think updating fallout into something a little bit more palatable for modern audiences would be a great test of like all right let's see if you can adapt things outside of the niche you usually work towards to appeal to a broader audience and then take that into your big triple a possibly first person shooting um project but you know i still think that's something they should revisit down the line especially we have all this time in between the next fallout game like like i I think I was about to say this at one point, and then my fucking alarm started ringing. Um, Fallout 5 isn't going to come out, maybe not even within the next decade. Actually, that seems a little bit too far. I don't expect a Fallout 5 until probably the next set of Xbox consoles, like after this generation. So because of that... You have plenty of time in the middle here for these other studios to work on something smaller. So this this remake of Fallout 1 and 2 would be perfect to get everyone on board. You can go run through all the Fallout games finally, easily, uh, on one platform, and then come back when they inevitably do Fallout 5 and play whatever the hell that's going to be. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a, a really good move, and it would definitely fill in the slot. I'm sure that will be there by the time um, we're all thirsting for Fallout a lot more, so... Yeah. I think that's a good way to play it. But hey, we'll we'll see what actually happens because I don't know. <laughs> this this things are unexpected very clearly. Like I didn't I honestly didn't expect this deal. Like when this deal happened, and then they actually had a video here as soon as it happened. I was surprised that they even had that. So I'm kind of impressed that they're moving so quickly on these things. Um come summertime, we'll have some more concrete announcements on specific games, but uh, I think it's really cool. I can't wait to see where this is going to lead us in the future, where the brand of Xbox is going to go to next. And honestly, the future when I say the future is looking bright, I feel like Xbox's long-term future is looking a lot brighter than PlayStation's long-term future. Just because PlayStation's so quiet on everything, you know, that's the only reason I say that. I, I think they both still have bright futures in the long term but PlayStation I only know what's happening within maybe the next 18 months where my, where Xbox is like yo I I probably have an idea of what's popping off in 2025 and that's exciting. So, yeah. Good shit, man. It's good to know and I'm excited to see where it's at. Uh any other final thoughts on this whole Microsoft Bethesda merger and our hopes for the future of it?
1: Um hopefully Bethesda changes its ways.
0: Mm. You mean as far as like the being the company that sh- that shipped Fallout seventy six like that type of reputation?
1: Well, actually, I kind of during if you remember during the video or during the roundtable they said t- t- I think it was Todd Howard who said great games are now pl- are not made they're played.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, yeah, I do as remember in, when he said that.
1: As in, the next the next big game is going to be or you can not make a triple a triple A game like in a like in a snap. Mm hmm. It takes a while and with Fallout 76 or with games like Fallout 76 um, Battlefront 2. They used sort, they were pretty much they were able to um, change course and sort of redeem themselves.
0: hmm. Yes. So it, it seems like in that case, even though you couldn't make the game in a snap and it comes out kind of poorly, they were able to just keep working on it, working on it until it came around to be something a lot of people have positive things to say now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully that'll be the case. Cause I don't know. For me, I know Bethesda softworks themselves kind of have a messy reputation right now. But Bethesda overall, I think that brand is super strong between Arcane, between Machine Games, between all of their individual developers. I think all that stuff is uh very interesting. I, I think there's just so many great and good things going on there overall that The future can't help but be bright, man, and I can't wait to see how bright it gets. So looking forward to that. Um, And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. I think that was a good conversation. It was a good talk, and we'll probably have a very similar talk (laughs) about all of the Square Enix stuff come next week. So look out for that. Um, Now, let me, for the housekeeping, we're going to go ahead and talk about some stuff here. Uh, I'll start with this. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show when you were talking about uh Shane Kim. Uh, but I looked it up. He actually did an interview recently on Min Max, uh, talking about, you know, all the stuff he did over at Xbox and all the stuff he did over at GameStop as well. So if you want to know what he's been up to, check out that interview from Min Max. That's gonna be one of the last links there in housekeeping there. So you can check that out. Min, Min Max are really cool people. I like them a lot. They make really good podcasts, so check their shit out. Um and then, as far as the stuff that we're doing on our site, uh, we got a couple of updates with uh, Hyper Time to Podcast. Uh, we have Amazing Fantasy number 15. That's another, you know, more traditional episode of the podcast. But the bonus episode that came out a little bit before that, uh, I think we talked about this in the last episode of this podcast as well. But uh, there's a bonus episode featuring Dan Juergens, uh, an interview from. I guess why did I say uh, Josh Miller? I was about to mix the names again, like I did last episode. Uh, but yeah, Josh had interviewed him uh, for his work on Zero Hour. So if you want to hear that conversation, go ahead and give that a listen in. I'm sure that's a great, great interview. So please do not miss that one out. Uh, yeah. We mm, I'll, I'll go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people hate Zero Hour hmm. because of things that were the things that happened. Dan Jirkins explain gives like he, he explains why like why X happened with Z or why or like here's another example. Um mm-hmm. did JSA get aged up or killed, most of them.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: And it's it was because uh Batman, Superman or because Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman will never get aged up permanently. There were there were characters from like the JSA was from were from the forties mm mm-hmm. then twenty- year twenty years later new characters started popping up and then thirty years out thirty years later in the night in the nineties even more new characters were popping up hmm. and you had to and basically basically you had to give a or show that time eventually has to pass for some pe- some people exactly and yeah i when i was listening josh uh sent me the sent me the interview to put up on the anchor uh page
2: mhm
1: and I was just giddy listening to the whole thing, listening to, to Dan Jurgens talk about everything.
0: You're like, so many clarifications, finally. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So yeah, like I said, if if you uh if if you're already like into comic books and stuff, you should be listening to Hyper Titan the podcast anyway. But like, especially this interview episode, it sheds a lot of light on things and questions that you might have had. So give that one a gander there. Um, then past that, we have a couple things on our YouTube channel. Uh, another episode of My Life is Strange. Let's play uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm part six that is up there. You're, you're getting those on Mondays and Fridays, so uh, just stay tuned into that one. Uh, VG uh, plays. Oh, when, go ahead.
1: When does the your life is strange series wrap up?
0: It's a great question. I just put up uh, I just put up a couple more episodes, so I have to like schedule them out once I have them all edited. Uh, It looks like, so the last episode that I put up was episode 23. And if the last one that we're here, I'm not sure when it wraps up yet. Long story short, but I think it's going to wrap up sometime in the summertime.
1: Okay, good. Because Graydon was, he was, he was getting ready to put up, start putting his stuff up like later this month.
0: Oh yeah. Life is Strange episode two.
1: No, Life is Strange two.
0: Oh, that's what I meant. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I see his videos up here too. Just waiting. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a little while before my, my all of my episodes go up because I'm trying to cut the difference between making because I don't want to do a bunch of like twelve minute episodes that are like relatively short, but I also don't want to do like thirty minute episodes. So I'm trying to some episodes are longer, some episodes are shorter. I'm trying to cut the difference here. Um, but yeah, we're we're figuring it out slowly but surely. We're figuring it out. But um. But yeah, fuck, what was I going to say? But yeah, I will be wrapping that up at some point. Because at some point, I'm doing all these Ratchet & Clank streams. I think I might start putting these streams, the archives from these, on our YouTube channel too at some point. Maybe leading up to uh, a rift apart. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. But I'm going to be putting those up. Uh, right now it's twice a week. But if I need to, we can do three times a week. We can do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you know, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see about the future. Um. So, yeah, that's still going strong. And now my mouse is sticking, so I can't click the document. All right, we're good now. Um, And then we have more VGU plays, of course. DuckTales Remastered Part 3, Transylvania. Um, I believe that's another Graden joint as well, right? Him playing DuckTales?
1: No, that's that's me, man.
0: Wait, is Bloody Roar the one that's him? I think so. No. Okay, yeah, it's Bloody Roar. That's it. Because I remember his face was, like, Photoshopped in the corner of one of them. And I... (laughs) And I was thinking of Ducktales at the same time, so I maybe just crossed the two bridges. But, but yeah, that's that's definitely one. Yeah, Ducktales. That's another one from you. Um, so go ahead and look at that gameplay as well. Uh, bloody Roar. Why the fuck? Let me. I don't even. I remember this name, Bloody Roar, too. I forgot what this. What the fuck? This game is. Oh, it's a fighting game. Oh, it doesn't look that bloody at all. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was expecting like blood rain, but you know. It is what it is. But Bloody War 2, it's a nostalgia blast, so go get your daily dose of nostalgia there. Um, We also have Celebrating Sega's 60th anniversary on VGU Plays, which I think is going through all those games they gave away on Steam. All right, there we go. Sorry I cut out there Uh, mid-sentence. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, Celebrating Sega's 60th anniversary, that is on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Oh, wow. It says our Interesting. Already recording that channel. You know what? We'll we'll see. We might still be running without any issue. Um, but we're gonna continue it on. Uh, so yeah, we have that on our channel as well. You can go ahead and check that out. Uh, and just to read these last few things before Craig wants to drop out of our chat again. Um, we also have: Did Nathan Fillion even do the voice for this? <laughs> Is that you playing Destiny Two?
1: Yeah, because every time I jump into Destiny Two, it's like, oh look at all these fifteen thousand different things that happen. We gotta catch yeah. up. And God, it it, it, just, yeah, it loaded me into Forsaken.
0: Oh, f- f- really?
1: Yes. Every time, every time, every time I put the game on or I play that like game, something crazy happens.
0: Yeah, that the story in Destiny moves so quick, but because it's like because it's a live service, the story starts at different points depending on when you play it, so it's super like Kind of disorienting. Maybe a problem Bungie needs to fix, but they got bigger issues from what I hear from the community. Um, And then, yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. We already talked about the Shane Kim interview. You can go watch that over at MinMax. And that's all we have for this show. We're going to dip out of here before our computers melt. And I'm going to go test this, uh, test my PS2 setup to see if I can even record from it before I promise people a stream. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to go do. Uh, And, yeah, this has been the end of the podcast. Thank you, Al, for hopping on here with me today.
1: No problem. No problem.
0: Yep. Anytime. Anytime. And uh, yeah, hopefully y'all have enjoyed the show. Thank you for supporting. Um, I'm gonna. Ha- I'm realizing as I'm thinking right now, I'm gonna have to edit a lot of stuff in this episode because I had to walk away from the mic, and you know, the Discord wants to drop out a bunch. It's like, okay, I'm gonna have to actually do work, but it's fine. This is what we're here for. We're all in it for the love. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. Thank you for listening to the Players Club podcast. Uh, Of course, follow us on Twitter, you know, like all of our stuff, show the support because we all appreciate it. And as I always say, keep it real. Keep it true. Play on play.